Business of Property podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Stuart. We're both property people running our own businesses. This podcast is just us chatting, as we often do about anything and everything property. We record these these episodes a couple of days in advance of when they get released. But as far as listeners are concerned, release day today is the 30th of June. Now, this is a, a very special day for, for property people. And it's an extra special day, hopefully, for you, Stuart. We're, we're sort of going to be predicting the future here. Do you want to tell the, tell the listeners why this is going to be such a, a special day for you? Today's completion day on our new build property, the day that we should be getting the keys to move into our, to our new family home. I, I really do hope that it, it goes well. And, uh, and why is it so important that it's particularly this day? Because it saves us around £27,000. <laughs> so, so let's really hope that it does happen on the 30th of June and, and not the 1st of July, <laughs> because that's an awful lot of extra money for, for a one day uh, delay. <laughs> well, I don't know if I should say this publicly, but I'm going to. You know, these things in property that as far as we're concerned, it's an inherent thing, which we think there's certain lines which should never be crossed. And one of those is never not complete on a completion day. And that has happened to me where we actually missed a completion day by one day. And I thought the world would end. I thought like, like Chicken Little, I thought the sky was going to cave in, that the rains would come. But no, we were missing completion. And I can't remember the specifics of why. I think it was down to the bank uh, releasing funds. And I remember speaking to the solicitor. Obviously, I won't mention names. I'll keep, keep the innocent protected. But they said, don't worry, Stuart, we'll just put it all through tomorrow and we'll backdate it yesterday. And it was a <laughs> it was a five second conversation which took all of my worries away in an instant. So although, of course, there is I absolutely want this to happen on Wednesday for a number of reasons, not just financial ones, but emotional ones as well. So I, I, I'm hopeful it doesn't happen. But there's also a part of me that says it, it will all be OK in the end. I'm sure it will. And while we've been, been talking about how important it is, I don't think we've actually mentioned so far the keywords stamp duty holiday, which, of course, is, is where your, your saved money or potentially extra money is, is going to be, be going. Yeah. So this is the last day where you can get relief on properties valued at over 250000 which for us investors is 3%, 3% on the first 500000 and five percent thereafter you you would still pay but it's the it's the, the other relief so i think um so my wife and i still pay three percent on the on the the value after five hundred thousand. so we we're paying a little bit of stamp duty but not like i say not not the 30k it should have been yeah i can't remember the rates off the, off the top of my head but below five hundred thousand is during the stamp duty holiday is zero percent unless you're buying a, a second or additional home, in which case you still have to pay that 3% for, for the additional home rate for on that first 500,000. And then 500,000 upwards is, is the normal normal rates of whatever they are, which I can't remember off the top of my head, plus 3% if you're, you're buying an additional home. And of course, Wales and Scotland are slightly different as well. So Scotland actually ended their stamp duty holiday as originally planned at the end of March. So I thought, I, I, I suspect you haven't looked into the figures particularly, and I haven't either, but I'll, I'll just 
throw in an anecdotal headline that I saw that suggested that Scotland has not seen a reduction in demand after their stamp duty holiday ended. So obviously at the moment, the property market is considered quite hot and lots of people are rushing to try and meet the stamp duty holiday deadline. And the the property market in Scotland, I believe, has continued to be hot and continued to be busy even after their stamp duty holiday ended all the way, way back at the end of March. So I think that's sort of promising for, well, I say promising, I don't know, it depends whether you're looking to buy or sell or, or, or where you sit in the property market, but promising that the, the stamp duty holiday ending in England, at least sort of downgrading slightly from 500,000 to 250,000 being, being free, that, that it won't affect the property market too much. Do you, I've, I've got some sort of counterfactual anecdotes to that as well, but what, what, what do you think, Stuart? Do you, do you think we're going to see a, a slowing down as, as the stamp duty holiday changes? I don't think so, because I think there's a lot of momentum in the market. Of course, we don't know, but for me, momentum is, is really, really key. And I was just thinking about it, and like you say, we once again we haven't we haven't researched the Scottish market thoroughly, but I'd imagine there's something to do with average property values that would support that market. But then for us, we know that we're tapering down, so there will still be relief on the the two hundred up to two hundred fifty k, which, regardless of what property prices we see in the south southeast, as a national average, that's still the national average. And I heard a stat very recently that something like over 25% of house owners, homeowners, are still looking to move. So a quarter of people in the UK still looking to move. That's not going to stop just because we hit this this, this arbitrary date that's been set. So I, I think that momentum will carry on. How long that carries on for is another question. So what are your thoughts around that, that your, your counterfactual thoughts as i collect data on sort of property listings and things as, as part of the, the service that patma provides i get to see some of the some of this this sort of playing out in the data in very early warnings of things so i mean you can see or i have seen in that data that there's been a marked increase in properties coming back to the market in in the last week to two weeks so really getting up to the the crunch point of the this initial deadline at the end of june and there there are there are properties obviously falling through that uh, at the last minute they're, they're failing for whatever reasons but right up against this this deadline some of these properties have been sold obviously subject to contract and whatever else as early as of january but other ones just in, in May, for example, sort of much sooner. And and they're now falling through. So I don't know whether those failures of sales will will have a negative impact on the market overall, or whether the market is still sort of busy enough to just absorb them and whether they'll sort of obviously be bad for, for chains that are involved and bad for the, the sellers on those particular properties, but they'll just go back out to market, be picked up. And there's still lots of demand and new buyers will, will come along and, and proceed with them quite happily under the, the new stamp duty levels. So, so yeah, if there, if there is, there has definitely been an effect of this deadline 
on property sales that have been in progress. But of course, I can't tell what that's going to mean for for the the next few months of those those properties moving forwards. And it doesn't stop people from wanting to move. It just changes the the, the price of of what you're looking at potentially. Ah, so so you think that as these properties fall through, they might be willing to accept lower prices. No, no, I was I was thinking more about the buyers in terms of you know now you've got to factor in the cost, so so you will factor that in. So that that may just change the banding of which properties you look at, but we, we'll see how that plays out. I think we, the, the one thing we do know, obviously, <laughs> not being economists, but one thing we do know that pandemic has created is that people a want to move and and are need and now b a lot more specific about where they would like to move and. And for some, that might still be closer to the centre of town. But for, for a lot of people, we know that means moving out, getting more space and that wherever that is. So, so moving itself is still something people want to do. It's just the, the, the financial constraints of what coming back in as regards stamp duty that, that weren't there for however long that's been, you know, almost a year. Speaking of, of moving, as in the, the actual act of doing it, I think you had some some experience uh, as you were trying to deal with competition against everybody else who was also trying to move at the end of June. Well, yeah, how, how have you found that? Well, we, we, we were in a predicament and anyone that's bought, bought new builds may be able to share it, but we were told, so we exchanged on this property back in December, the end of December, so six months, and were told that we would only be given 14 days notice of when we could complete. Obviously, that sets a number of challenges. Fortunately for us, we were renting, although that, that has been challenging as well, to be honest, but we won't get into that here because we don't have 14-day notice on the property. We have a month. So we've, we've, we've had to endure a bit of a squeaky bum time where I just handed in the notice and said, let's, let's go for it. Of course, we've been speaking to the developer, but they can't, be, they can't tell you formally that things are going to be okay. They can just go, okay, it's looking good. We've, we've been driving to the property every week to have a look at where we think it is and said, okay, let, let's do it. But the, the other challenge, of course, is the operational one, not just, not just handing in notice, but planning removals, planning your utility switching, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing that sparked me into action was my wife, before we got the official approval, said, oh, I've been on Facebook and people are saying that they can't get removals for the day that they were looking for. And of course, that then sparked me into life thinking, oh, crap, yeah, because I, that is one thing I am not doing myself. I remember doing that last time 10 years ago, and I'm 10 years older now, so that's definitely not going to happen again. And uh, on the site I use, which, which has always been very good, anyvan.com, they give you a little calendar of moving dates. And the price differentials, you, I mean, it goes up. So obviously from, from the 25th of June up to today, the 30th of June, I mean, today you're paying something like, I think I'd say it's getting close to a hundred percent premium. So if you wanted to move on the day of the stamp duty, you're paying almost double for removals that you would have done. And I, I, I certainly don't point blame at, uh, anyone for that. That it's just the fact. It's that's you know simple economics, isn't it? Supply and demand. There is a lot of demand, and therefore supply is short, and so they they need to put their prices up. But then, of course, it starts tailing down. So I'm 
we're quite fortunate that we can move actually as of this recording tomorrow or Friday. So I've been able to, to tamper that down, but I'd still say we're paying around 50 to 60% more than what we would have played, paid on any normal month. So, so there's a, so there's a bit of a premium and that is something if I'm being brutally honest, I hadn't considered. And of course now bloody obvious, isn't it? That, that was going to happen. Yeah. Great. As you say, it, it is when you actually sit down and think about it, but it's these sort of small details that typically you just don't occur to you, isn't it? So you've only got a few days of overlap between your expected completion and when you've got to be out of your, your current rental home, yeah? Well, and I think we're lucky to have that because I think if we were in a an owned property and we were in a chain, I don't think we'd get that. I think it would be, you know, get the keys, you go. You know, it's... Yeah, that, that's something that's always... I don't know. I'm not. I can't think quite the right word, but I've always thought is adding to the stress so much of house sales and purchase is the fact that typically you do. You've got that one day, and all of the paperwork's got to be be finished. The money's got to move. You've got to get all of your goods out of of your old property, and then transported and and put into a new one. Hopefully, assuming you don't want to be in transit for, for too long. Wasn't it you that had removal men with engines running outside properties? Not not removal men, but but a, a group of friends who were, who helped us on our, our last move when we had problems completing on the new house. Yeah, we we loaded up, packed everything into vans, driven around, and we sat outside, not not being given the keys because there were issues that we've talked about before. We won't go into now, but yeah, so yeah, it was. That made it even more stressful. The trouble is, of course, especially when there's a chain involved, there isn't really another option, is there? Because each each person along the chain needs to have, be able to move into that new place. So you've you've got to you've just got that one window. Um, and of course, because you're coming for rental, you you can you can relax. You've got days. Oh yeah, relaxing. That is that is uh, that is that is a word that is not being used in my household at the moment. Oh my goodness. But he, here's some words which. You probably won't hear me say ever again, but spare a thought for the solicitors at the moment. I mean, my poor solicitor is a really good guy. Josh, I'm going to name him. Josh, if you're listening, thank you. But as the month has worn on, I can just, I mean, the poor guy, I say poor guy, you know, we're giving him business and he's dealing with three property sales and one purchase for me, stroke my company. and. Uh, just as the month has worn on, I can just feel the weight of the conveyancing process bearing down. And, you know, you think that you, you take what we're doing times however many thousands of people doing this on the same day. And it is, when you when you really think about it, it, it does put a lot of pressure on a lot of people. Yeah, I think that's going to be a very stressful day for a lot of people <laughs> in this uh, in this country. And uh, I do wonder how many of them are are actually going to uh, spill over into the first and, and just backdate the paperwork. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I think that will happen. And and I think that government and common sense, let's not have that debate. But it would make sense that for anyone that had exchanged that was completing for whatever administrative challenges there were, whether it was a day or two or three later, Personally, my belief is that they would should firmly be 
getting that holiday. And you'd like to think that there wouldn't be any challenge to that. But I guess we'll see yes. as, the, as time wears on. Yes. So to avoid me starting to rant about uh, <laughs> government and bureaucracy, you've recently started exploring Airbnb, which I think is, is new for you. And I certainly haven't looked at it at all. So I'm curious to learn. What, what's the experience like getting started with, with Airbnb? Well, really simple for us because the property was already ready. So this is the property. It's a studio flat. Mentioned it many, many times, but it's in Kingston. It's the property where the purchase fell through. We had someone that was supposed to be staying short term. She then decided she wanted to stay long term, even though that's not what we agreed in writing or verbally. However, she did leave. The property is now empty. We've got a new buyer, but we've got two or three months of conveyancing now to go. And property sat empty, but it's been well dressed and got everything in there that anyone would need close to the river, etc. So I just thought, why not? I've had a look at it before. The only thing I've had to do was get someone to go and put a lockbox outside the front door so that guests can obviously get access without me turning up. And I have to say, it's so far, touch wood, been a very pleasant experience. The guests we've had have been great. They're all two-nighters. I've allowed it for up to 90 days rent because hopefully the conveyancing process will complete. But it's certainly given me a, an added dimension because, and I've heard this, people say this before, but on Airbnb, it feels more like you're running a business because, of course, you need to make sure it, it's, you know, obviously it's like running a, a small B&B. Um, but I just think about how people model this up. And I think, well, obviously, once the guests are finished, you need to go and change all the bedding, provide new towels. I like to put some fresh milk in for the next guests and a little packet of biscuits just because I think it makes everyone feel warm and cuddly and, and that's what you want people to feel good when they arrive in your property. But I've only gone on Airbnb, so that has been really straightforward. I, I had listed somewhere before, but not it didn't go live. But it's just been really, really simple, been very pleasantly surprised. But of course, you can use channel managers now, which would put the property onto booking.com uh, spare room or, or wherever wherever else properties go but of course every, if you use a channel manager they then take a percentage so rather than get too embroiled in it given that it's only one flat and it's only for a short time i've just used airbnb but it's been so far so good i've got numerous questions but but seeing as you have just started with airbnb how is that technology from from a sort of ease of use and making the money go in the right places and, and all, all of that sort of side of it. How is the the actual Airbnb, very specifically that site experience, been? Extremely simple. Uh, they've got a, you'll, you'll know the phrase GUI, graphical user interface, is for for people like me, people that that just, that might not even use a computer regularly. Obviously I do, but it just it's just made so simple. It's a step-by-step process. Everything's very clear. I was very fortunate because I had all of the photos from the property anyway. So uploading that was simple. They even give you comparable properties where you can look at their listings and, and they put them up in front of you whilst you're filling the information so that you can say, look, they say to you that this is what a good property looks like. Because obviously when you first put a property on, you don't have reviews or anything. So clearly the first barrier they want to do is make sure you get people in and start getting those reviews and how they do that is they ask you to apply a discount 
for your first couple of listings, which which I did, uh, and also offer discounts for people that want to book weekly. But given that we'd ended up in a bit of a mess previously where we'd done a little contract for someone for two or three months and then they decided that they didn't want to to honour that, I should say that they did in the end, once we questioned integrity and, and, and ethics, they, they did, uh, even though they'd notified the council to say they were being evicted, which we'd, we'd never said we were doing. Um, but moving to Airbnb has made that very simple. And I can see now, actually, that that we could m- theoretically make quite a bit more income from Airbnb. Of course, the effort level goes up. But I think the bit that my brain likes is the fact that I start thinking about, oh, how do we automate this? Well, we could get cleaners in that we trust. They could then pick up the keys from the lockbox, go in and change the bedding. They could put in the milk and the biscuits and and so on. I could see my brain that, that likes thinking about business sees that more as a business. So it's something I would definitely be interested in. Uh, and my wife certainly would be uh, at some stage. But uh, yeah, your question was, it's just very, very simple to get it up and running. I think it's just getting those listings, the first, the first guests to come in. That's that's the the big, the big challenge. How much does it cost? What what's the slice Airbnb are taking? Oh, it's a good question. Um, I'm sure it must be around fifteen percent. Must be around the fifteen percent mark, which yeah, which I'm more than happy to. But you can add on a cleaning fee. So we've added on a cleaning fee again. Vix, my wife thought it was very cheap, so I just added on a thirty pound. A lot of people add on thirty thirty five pounds. So that covers you for, to be honest, it covers our time. And, you know, I was there with my wife on hands and knees, wiping the floor and cleaning the floor. Because, of course, you've got some, you know, commitments more now more than ever in terms of the COVID precautions and so on. But, it, it you know, it, it does feel like you're doing the job. And I think for me, what I, what I quite like is the engagement with the potential guests. I was going to call them tenants, but customers. And it, and it feels like they are more. I mean, I tend to think of tenants as customers. But of course, you're, you know, they're there for a long time and you tend not to hear from them. Whereas these, you know, send a couple of messages or oh, where can I get this and how do I get to the river? And, you know, that's it's quite nice. But again, what I really like about Airbnb that I've seen is that it's clearly now it might just send you this after you've advertised a property with them for, let's say, two weeks. But it also said provide if you provide this check in information so you can provide photos of where the lockbox is details of where the where the, how to get to the river how to get to the train station and actually do that all up in front so again i can see how it can all be automated as a business so i think it for anyone thinking about it it's certainly a, a good viable route for a business and i think once you get it right is 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 highly scalable just, just out of curiosity and since you've you've obviously been speaking to them a little bit do you know where your guests so far have been coming from are they are they international travellers? Are they staycationers? Are they business people? Or? I think their guests. So one of them that's staying uh, that stayed last weekend. They, they're coming for a for a wedding, and they've come from Hampshire. The previous guests, they were definitely foreign, but I don't know whether they were were just visiting in this property or whether they were, um, you know, in the UK using it. I know another couple that have booked. They are looking to buy a property, funny enough, and that's that's how I rented it previously. But so they just wanted a little pad to to look for. And again, it's just out of town. So I would say certainly not business, more pleasure, guests visiting 
for events so far events and and property hunting seem to be the two things of the of the four guests that we've booked so far have they all been weekend bookings so far yeah but that's because i've kind of blocked the midweek and that's really because i just didn't want to have to do anything midweek and again that's that's a great feature of it you can block days weeks you know whatever suits if you get a channel manager you can do that across the platforms but i like the fact because i said actually if I have to do it, I don't want to go out and do it in the midweek. I'd, I'd rather go on a Thursday or a Friday, get it ready, and then and then do do that again. So you you know you can plan it around your day. That might mean that, that we're missing out on certain guests, but that's the decision we've made because it's it's really just you know it's it's topping up the the mortgage that we're currently paying. Yeah, and uh, it it can't hurt, can it? And apart from anything else, you get to learn how Airbnb works and try out something a bit new and something you can perhaps uh, explore further in the future yeah and and actually another part of your question which i didn't answer was you know how they pay you and it gives you a certain number of options and it was strange because if you choose paypal you get paid instantly which i i think happens when the guests leave because there might be reasons why they don't transfer that to you i guess in case there's any issues or if it's a bank transfer, it takes two or three days. But again, you know, you just click a button and that's selected. So I've just chosen PayPal. But again, as soon as someone said, I've checked out, we got that payment was, was in immediately. So again, that's all really, really simple. And a bit like a conversation we were having previously so far, because it's, I've got the time and I'm sort of cognizant of when people are in. I send them a text on their first morning saying, how is everything? Just to make sure they are happy. Yeah, because it's, it's a bit like, you know, when you go out for a meal, if, if you start eating your meal and there's something not quite right and no one comes to the table, it annoys you. And at least then if someone's got any sort of quirks of the property or something not happy with, hopefully we can answer that straight away and means they're happy, leave a good review and, and we go again. Sounds really good. And I think perhaps we'll have to add replacing your salary from Airbnb. Uh, lettings to a, a mini series on uh, replacing salaries <laughs> yeah that, that would be an interesting one and, and a little bit more technical based on occupancy rates yeah exactly that there's there's i think occupancy rates in service accommodation generally is, is really what you live or die on so yes perhaps we'll need to uh, invite on an expert in, in such an area to help us out with some of those calculations yeah and it's and it's obviously a lot more seasonal than standard letting well more seasonal than say yeah, even students which we know when they come in but definitely a seasonal yeah so seasonal and less predictable <laughs> right well i think that uh, that's us out of time for today so thank you very much for for listening if you've enjoyed it please do tell someone else about this podcast you can ask them to search for the business of property on any podcast application or send them to thebusinessofproperty.com which is also where you'll find show notes and links to anything we've talked about. And Stuart and I will talk to you again next week. Bye.